0: Hey guys, what's up?
1: Uh, Welcome back, everybody. We are remote. (laughs) Unfortunately. Once more, uh, not because anybody's sick or anything like this, but just because it's summertime, sort of, for us. I mean, is it technically summer?
0: I think the summer solstice is like June 20th or 21st, usually.
1: So we're not technically in summer, but classes have ended.
0: Colloquially, summer.
1: Yes, classes have ended. We are teaching just online classes, so that's it. No need to go to the office. Also, though, also there is another there is another reason why we're not meeting at the office. In fact, Anthony doesn't want to be in my office anymore. No, I'm just joking. uh Oh, <laughs> um, no. Um, so we are uh, we are remote. We are going to be recording this probably remotely throughout the summer. I want to say. Mm-hmm. At this point. Uh, we just had one of our events, one of our walk and talk, which was a great, great success. It's true. We talked about
0: perception and nature with like 20 or so students up at Cheesequake Park. We have a few of those coming up in September. So if you guys are interested, send us an email.
1: Exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, this was, we have done this before, but this spe- this one was uh, actually sponsored by somebody, the uh, New Jersey Council for the Humanities.
0: So we got the swag. We got shirts. We got public shirt. Philosophy Project.
1: Yeah, we got we got all sorts of things, and um, so that was cool. That was nice. Oh yeah. So this is one of the the news that we have, but there, we have actually bigger news than that. Uh oh. We do have bigger news than that. Uh, nobody's pregnant. Nobody <laughs> had another baby. So what's this? What's the? How can we say what comes in order of importance? Nobody's dead. What's in sure. order of importance the thing that comes next usually, right? Yeah. We could, we could play this game. We could. Uh, but I think it's only, it's only right that you say what, this, what the news is.
0: I forgo my right to you because you have a nicer voice. <laughs> oh,
1: boy. So Anthony, uh, after putting some years of work in, has finally uh, accepted a full-time position at an unspecified New Jersey institution.
0: Another one of our uh, nice community colleges, the tenure track.
1: Exactly. And so he will be leaving me, uh, meaning that he will not be working for me slash with me, really, uh, in my my institution. But we will still be doing all the sorts of stuff that we, we did together. And Now it's just going to be a little bit more complicated, probably, to schedule them. But we'll, we'll it's a long find a distance
0: way. relationship.
1: Yeah, it's a, now it's a long distance relationship. <laughs> complicated, uh, but we do look forward to uh, to invade another space.
0: That's one way of putting it. Yeah. What I, I was going to say <laughs> is we look forward to continuing the dot 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 friendship. Yeah, absolutely. See what I did there?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's there that was a good uh, a good segue there, right? Yeah. Uh, considering the the topic of today, which we will fully reveal in a second. Uh, So I was thinking the other day, actually, about this. Seriously, I was like, I don't know why, but I consider the Public Philosophy Project and the things that we do really like some sort of a virus that expands and infects all sorts Mm. of other institutions, right?
0: Well, you have that. You did that symposium a few years ago, the Contagion of Ideas.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do have that mindset sometimes.
0: Yeah. Are you aware of this guy Gad Sad? by the way?
1: I have no idea who that guy is. He,
0: he's a psychologist. He wrote a book called The Parasitic Mind where he he makes like the idea of virus analogy. And I was like, oh, I wonder if Giuseppe knows this guy just out of curiosity.
1: No, no. I The the Contagion of Idea was actually a citation from Dan Sperber, uh, sociologist oh, slash I did know this actually. Okay. So that's, that's what I was thinking of. And all, you know. The Lamarckian way in which Mm. ideas evolve and stuff like that. But we digress, right? We Uh, digress. Back to... uh, Sometimes when you speak, I don't know why, your voice comes out distorted.
0: Me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Uh, I wonder...
1: Now you're fine.
0: Okay. I I wonder... I'm not peaking in logic. Hmm. Might just be something's peaking, but I'll I'll be careful there.
1: No, I think that is like when you... What, we go back and forth like too fast to the mic. Oh,
0: okay, Maybe that's okay. what's happening. I don't know. So I won't shout.
1: Yeah, you can. I don't at just you. Just say. Um, so today's topic.
0: We're we, talking about love and friendship.
1: Which are two things that are really within the DNA of philosophy, we can say. It's in the name, right?
0: Literally. That's right.
1: It's in the name. Um. So what i what do we start
0: so two ways of approaching this right there's the love question and there's the friendship question uh and we could do it in that order or we could do friendship and love and i'm thinking that we should start with the smaller first mm-hmm. which is we start with the friendship
1: part oh that's already interesting though you think the friendship is smaller than love
0: Oh, yeah, why do we do this so why do <laughs> you think you think pol- politics is larger I think ethics is larger I think friendship's larger or love is larger you think friendship larger
1: i I think so maybe Interesting. Well, maybe we're saying larger in different ways though I don't know We'll see how this unfolds yeah I, what what do you think is larger love? Be, well I would say and, uh, actually, what do you mean by larger first of all?
0: So the spatial metaphor, whenever I use it, should be understood as this idea that concepts are containers or like a a Venn diagram kind of thing where like friendship is a large circle with a bunch of smaller circles in it, one of them being friendship. So another way of saying that is my initial reaction. I mean, maybe I'll change throughout the episode, but my initial reaction is to say that it seems like friendship is a specific type of love or contains a specific type of love. And since it contains a type of love, it must be smaller than this thing called love itself, of which there are many types.
1: Yeah, I was I was trying to think if I believe that love is a special kind of friendship, mm. So, which would be the opposite of what you're saying, right? We'll see. It hasn't been the first time this has happened. (laughs) No, definitely not. But I'm thinking, well, I want to say right now, yes, but I I might change my mind too throughout the episode because I'm not set. We're going to see where we go with this first and how this Mm. um, evolves. Let's put it this way.
0: Yeah, I think when it comes to the love and friendship stuff, the first thing that I think is like – this is one of those ones that i don't know in the grand scheme of philosophy it it doesn't seem like the big heavy hitter right you think of like metaphysics and you think of you know the big questions about ethics and i suppose this isn't disconnected from that but i feel like when you think about friendship and love you're like oh that's like kind of really a specialized thing. But when you actually think about it, if philosophy is all about the good life, which we both think it is, then this one is actually like the cornerstone (laughs) of philosophy in many ways, even if it doesn't realize it. Because you use the word friend and love in these really casual ways. Um, But like so many other things... We use words in a very sloppy way that has fallen away from, let's say, I don't know, the more grandiose or the more powerful meaning. And I guess that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of love and friendship is the fact that at once there's a casualness to it on the surface. But that when you look at this thing under the microscope, you see that it's the exact opposite.
1: Absolutely. And I... I think of the same thing, and especially you know now my kids are getting a little older, and they have friends right mm. and sometimes is it's interesting to say the way they use the word right and for them, especially for my little one uh well little one she's ten now, so not oh, that I'm little sure she
0: loves you calling her
1: little one um she is she has a new friend every day. Mm. And the old friend is not a friend anymore, and I've tried to explain kind of the difference, yeah, but of course it doesn't get through, right,
0: so it's like the drama begins, yeah, oh
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: age ten was crazy, like fourth grade, <laughs> I think was this when so, you
1: were bullied by the that guy age ten which one the the one that the guy that that said it was a show off, yeah.
0: Peter, yeah, that was fourth grade. There you go. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, so I feel like me and Clara often have these conversations about identity and what different bits you connect to and like mm-hmm. the extent to which you connect to those different bits. And I feel like f- I feel always connected as far back as I remember, but fourth grade specifically, I think. One might argue fifth, but fourth grade is the one where I felt like, all right, and now I'm, it's me, and now I'm like not just a little kid. there's like something more there, and now things that appear as very serious. So,
1: and no, so now, weighty, you're, now you're fully conscious of uh, fourth grade.
0: Something happened, like some transition happened at that point.
1: You transitioned into you.
0: Uh, something. I don't know. Well that was That's always cool. me, but there's like I know the, the the faintest lights of um Just messing with of, you. I know what you're saying. Of almost the adulthood or something. Yeah,
1: I I, I hear you, I hear you. Which is interesting, right? There's, there's always always interesting this this moment where we that we can identify when when something like this happens. But you know, there is this you you're right, we, we use this word well, love is even worse, I want to say, i'll uh, uh, contend in friendship when it comes to the way we mi- misuse it, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I uh, love this. I love this. I love you. You love me.
1: Yeah, and and I think that the English language makes it even more of a mess because there is no difference in words when you say I love my car and I love my mom and mm. I love my kids. There's no it's like it's the same word in but,
0: Italian. There's differences.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. In so you what would, are,
0: what are some of the differences you
1: have in Italian? You would say that you like your car pretty much. Mm. Not, not that you're in love. The translation would be: I like my car. You cannot say that you love your car, otherwise you're like crazy, right?
0: It would sound like very silly.
1: Yeah, and at the same time, you. Uh, I guess the best translation, the literal translation, you wish well upon your mom or your kids. And love is just romantic love, pretty much. The person that you love is the person that you're with. You That's can use,
0: already super interesting.
1: I, I guess you can, you can use it also for love for your kids. The word law for your kids, but it's like it's filial love literally love for the kids is specified it's not just regular love
0: what about um friendship are there different things in uh, italian for that
1: there's like the word to be friend with like th- there's like a verb that that kind of describes the fact that you are in a friendly relationship with somebody what is the word uh it's like literally translated with being friend with mm so that's those are the the, the differences. So that's, okay,
0: that's a good starting point then, right? It's like whatever this friendship thing is, mm-hmm. it would have to be a relationary thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Right?
0: There's there's no being friends with oneself. Friendship no. is a is a relation you have to an other.
1: You have yeah. I'm wondering if we want to start immediately by limiting this and say that you can only be friend with another human being or not,
0: versus an animal, versus a toy, an imaginary friend,
1: ChatGPT.
0: Versus, no, definitely not that one. But so, okay, this is an interesting distinction: is like the relation you have to humans versus that you have to animals, because all the time people use the word "friend" to describe their their pet yeah some people use it more loosey-goosey but some people i i think take it a bit more seriously or as serious as you could Mm -hmm. with an animal and say like this is my friend Mm -hmm. and you know it's an interesting question about the animal thing because i feel like by approaching the animal question which is seemingly indirect we're going to get answers about the human stuff yeah um, so when someone is it so you you don't think it i feel like you have this um consistently let's say i don't to use the right word but lesser view of animals right yeah, in a sense um in that you're like, okay they're not direct, of direct concern for ethics, they're not of direct concern for this, so when someone says they're friends with an animal, they're not really friends with an animal right
1: uh, I don't think so. I think okay. that there are – well, first of all, because by nature we can say the relationship between you and your pet is a relationship of subord- subordination. Your pet is subordinate to you.
0: Hmm.
1: You put it on a leash, literally.
0: Right? You don't put your friends on leashes?
1: Uh, no, do you? Because <laughs> uh, is this something that I don't know about you, Andrew? With, no, no, le- no. with leashes and <laughs> –
0: So, okay, so one idea is that if there's a a friendship relationship, that means there has to be some kind of, quote-unquote, equality.
1: Or at least the ability for reciprocity.
0: Or the ability for reciprocity. Some kind of seeing eye to eye. It can't be a totally one-way domineering streak.
1: No, this is the reason why you cannot be friends with your kids either. This is
0: exactly what I was going to ask
1: or with your parents you cannot be friends with them because there's always an imbalance when it comes to the power that you exert on them or that others exert on you right it's mm. the same reason why you cannot be friend with your boss right if it's really your boss mm. um that this is the issue right those distinctions need to be done because otherwise we are like oh, everybody can be friend nah, not not really
0: yeah so these these like
1: when I say power, I don't mean like, you know, institutional. No, no, power. no. Of course, I mean, of course. I mean something different. I mean like, you know, the the. the again, it's some imba- it's imbalance. The the there's not balanced. The, the the relationship that you have with with the other person. It's
0: almost like if there's an imbalance in terms of rank mm-hmm. with respect to the same type of thing, mm-hmm. then that's a recipe for. They're not being a friendship. So, I mean, let's think about this. So you can't be friends with your parents. Um, maybe you can't be friends with your kids, right? And we I feel like we've talked about this in, in the past on the mm-hmm. authenticity of existentialism. Yeah. But um, coming off of our last topic, mm-hmm. the hermeneutics, understanding stuff, it it seems like one of the reasons why you can't be friends is that your your vantage point, your horizon, mm-hmm. um, it it just can't meet the same way when there's those power imbalances. It's like you have either something like the C-span effect, or something like a you're just a little kid effect. So not like nothing you say matters in the right way because we're there's like this pathos of distance to use Nietzsche's term in a yep. totally different. Uh I said Nietzsche, who am I? Oh. That's Uh-oh. disgusting. I should get 40 lashes for that. <laughs> Nietzsche's term uh incorrectly. So you know, when the kid hears the parent talks, it's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, want, want, want." The Charlie Brown thing. And when the the parent hears the kid talk, it's like, "Okay, yeah, but you're just a kid." But the question I'm wondering is, what about siblings?
1: Well, usually those are in the same line, right? The rank they're ranked the same. It In could sense. be, but
0: sometimes there's, there's hierarchies there. Like Claire, for example, has three older brothers. And there's some distance between her and her, and her oldest brother. And there's this weird duality of um, at once they're friends, but also he's the eldest. And there's this kind of looking up. So,
1: And I think, yeah, I know what you're seems saying. It's
0: like a gray area.
1: I think... That this is an interesting point that you bring up because, for example, in some Eastern cultures, being the eldest is, like, makes a difference within siblings, like, literally a difference. And if you think about even during Roman times in the Middle Ages, the oldest of all the kids will inherit certain rights, that the others didn't, didn't. So there is some distance in there, definitely. And maybe... The relationship that you have with your siblings is not one of friendship, but it's a different relationship, which is being sibling to somebody else, right? It's mm. a completely different thing that sometimes it might seem like friendship, but it's really not. And all, and I suspect that, yeah, I think that that's the case. And I suspect that one of the reasons is you cannot really get out of being a sibling of somebody else while you can decide not to be a friend of somebody or not to be a friend so, anymore,
0: so the whole thing about you you could pick your friends but you can 't pick your family
1: Yeah, it's sort of right, and I'm wondering if this is just uh, uh if you want another way of of understanding um, the relationship that we have with each other, so think of this. I think that the few we already have unveiled few characteristics of friendship. the first one is mm-hmm. the fact that he needs to have the possibility of a balanced relationship. It doesn't mean that friendships are balanced because there's sometimes between friends, there's some, one that's more dominating than the other, right? There's one that's Mm -hmm. making more decisions than the other, one that has more of a say uh, about where the relationship should go and things like that. This happens, right? But at least there needs to be the potential for the relationship to be balanced in order for to be friendship there. And the other characteristics is probably the fact that this relationship cannot be how can we call it by nature permanent, nor um, established by any other factors than the will of the participants.
0: So the voluntary nature.
1: Yes, so you can you can do whatever you want. Uh, you can you know disown your brother and never talk to to him anymore. But it still is your brother. Hmm. Whatever yeah. you do, your will doesn't change that relationship.
0: Right. And you might not be close to them. You might not respect them. But that literal familial relation is always going to be there.
1: It's going to be there. Well, with friendship, no. It's not the case. With friendship, we had a situation where you actually decide what to do there. So voluntary hmm. You enter voluntarily. It's like the social contract. You enter in it voluntarily, and you all need to be equal in that relationship. Or at least there has to be the possibility of equality there.
0: I think the distinction between equality and possibility of equality is interesting because you got me thinking about how, in the past, me and you have kind of acknowledged that power dynamics are always in play. Mm-hmm. Um, in relationships including your friends. Yeah. So so it's not to say that the presence of any kind of power dynamics negates the possibility of friendship, mm-hmm. you know, like ex ante. Mm-hmm. It's it's that the presence of certain kind of power dynamics in certain ways, of course, that's always the mad libs thing, is the thing that negates friendship from the start. Yeah. And one example I thought that shows that is um, like a a romantic relationship. So you have to be friends with your partner, I mean, if it's successful, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But in relationships especially, there's power dynamics. Absolutely. Right? In certain tasks, one person is maybe the leader. In other tasks, maybe the other person is a leader. Maybe in all the tasks, the one at the end of the day is seen as a leader, um, at least one type or something like that. And so there is a kind of subordination, but but it's like a voluntarily agreed upon natural falling into the subordination. And because it's a voluntarily established power dynamic, that means it's not always having to be there. So it's like blank at the start, there is that equality, and then we agree to kind of function in this way together. And that's why yeah. I think it still seems to be like a friendship. Does that sound right to you?
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's different from other power dynamics where getting out of the power dynamics means to completely break the the relationship, right? If I don't want to deal with the power dynamic that there is between my boss and me, I need to quit. While within friendship, at least there is the opportunity, the possibility to renegotiate those things, Right. To renegotiate the, your role in the relationship. Is it always successful? The renegotiation? No, but it's possible, right? Well, with your boss, you cannot renegotiate anything. With your parents, there's not... I mean, you can renegotiate the surface level relationship with your parents. Yeah, like
0: like concrete empirical terms.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you're not really renegotiating anything, uh, to be no. honest there, right?
0: That's true, because at the end of the day, the main thing stays the same. Exactly. I, I have a couple of questions, and I'm curious what you what you think about this. So, the one question has to do with this idea that that you can't be friends. You said with people who are at different ranks within a, mm-hmm. a business or something like that. Can can they be friends outside of that business relationship? Like, the- like, is there a way to put on a different hat when you walk out of that building?
1: Theoretically, yes. But I feel that sometimes their relationship will always be a little bit tainted by that. Because
0: I'm thinking, you know, there's this movie scene, there's this movie that I love, which is not typically seen as like one of the great American movies, but I, I really think it is. It's this movie from 19, is it 90? Lean on Me okay. with Morgan Freeman. I haven't seen it. Okay. I highly recommend this. Gotcha. Uh, it's about I think it's 1990, um, inner city school in New Jersey. I think it was was it a uh, Patterson uh, back in the is it like the late 80s or something like that, and it's based on a true story. And Mm -hmm. this school was crazy in terms Hmm. of violence and, like, low literacy rates and just insane stuff going on. And they hired this guy to come in and kind of clean it up. And he just, like, cracked the whip. And it was just like, he fixed this school. Hmm. And Morgan Freeman plays this principal in the movie. And there's this scene in the movie. There's so many good scenes. But there's one that involves not him where there's, like, two people that are uh, involved in the education administration Uh having an argument. It is him, actually, and someone who's his boss, like on the superintendent kind of level. And they have a disagreement, and they're friends, and they have like a screaming match, and the friend at the end of the day says like, you know, contrary to what you believe, I'm the one in charge, that's it, end of conversation, that's it. And then he just screams, and then it's silent. And then a few seconds goes by, and they don't say anything, and the guy goes all right, now let's go get something for lunch. Yeah. And then they're walking out and Morgan Freeman's like joking. You really think you're something? And then they just like go back to friendly banter. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if, if that kind of thing can actually exist.
1: Probably, yeah. Probably that that's possible. And there, I mean, it should be possible, but I am afraid that in the long run, especially if the... So let's assume that, I don't know, a union leader and the administration of whatever... Um, or whatever whatever institution are friends i wonder how long before this relationship gets tarnished by the constant the constant mm. friction you know it's a matter of how how long can this thing go on right and i think it depends yeah. but it's possible i think it is theoretically possible and it's you can sustain it for a little bit i don't know if you can sustain it for a long time
0: yeah cuz practically there these things may get in the way.
1: Yeah, I would think so. So, okay, yeah,
0: good, Oh no, I was going to say I don't want you to forget what you were going to ask, but the set um the second thing I was going to ask you had to do with the the voluntary stuff we were talking mm-hmm. about. So in class, we in ethics class, we sometimes bring up stuff with um family versus friends. Like I think it's when we do One of the times we talk about this is when we do Peter Singer and Garrett Hardin and that stuff about global obligations. And, And I start with an activity that they do as individuals and then as groups where I say, like, to what extent are you obligated to blank? And I start really small. Like I say, to what extent are you obligated to yourself? And then I say your family and then your friends, and then your local community, and then your state, and then your country into the world. And there's a lot of arguments that happen. And by by arguments, I should really say disputes. There's a lot of disputes that sometimes have argumentative content (laughs) that we can nicely identify and sometimes not. uh, Between people who say you have more of an obligation to your family and those who say you have more of an obligation to your friends and it always makes for an interesting conversation and one of the things that the pro friend side often bring up is that precisely the thing we're talking about which is that the voluntary nature of the friendship makes it more impactful because like i'm choosing to be with you hmm. and that that puts um more significant let's say ethical pushes and pulls on each person. And I've I, has this come up in your class? I'm curious what, uh, what some, you think about sometimes this. Sometimes,
1: in, a, in, a diff, in different terms, like we talk sometimes about the obligation that you might have towards um, your family versus the obligation you might have towards the community at large, right? Mm. The greater good. We, I, we talk about this usually when we talk about utilitarianism mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. And we still have two camps in there, too. There are the ones that are like family, blood is blood, right? Family before everything else, everybody else. And then there's the others that say, well, we need to think of the bigger picture, rather. Uh, and we need to to think of what is best for all, which I think is a little different than what you're asking, though. There's no friendship there, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, before you're, in your case, I'm curious. So, how does the argument go? shouldn't be the opposite that because you are voluntarily in this relationship, you can decide to care less while well, you should definitely have more of an obligation to the fixed sort of.
0: So as the, okay. So me taking a, a step back from our conversation as the objective hermeneuticist mm-hmm. uh, would say that I, I think the fact that you're saying that reveals which side of the the debate you're on because the friendship people would just say the same exact thing, right? It's almost oh, like the the voluntary he- component literally means something different, mm-hmm. right? And, and I, you're saying like, wait, 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 but the fact that it's voluntary, not mandatory, why at all would that make it more of an obligation? And it seems like it what? has something to do with their age and something to do with the stage there are in life, but it's like, they, not all of them, but a lot of them place more importance hmm. on the friendship because they feel like that's where they get their independence and that's really what makes them them versus the things that they have to do with their family. And I put have to in quotes. So I feel like their their deal is like, well, because I don't have to be with you and you don't have to be with me, there's a lot more pressure. On us to incentivize this thing to keep going. I guess I don't know. Hmm. I'm not saying I agree with it, by the way.
1: No, no, and I don't. I don't necessarily agree with the other side either, with saying that you know the family is more important than friends. Uh, But it's funny because I think that that argument makes a great argument about how can we say the authenticity, if you want, of the relationship, but not necessarily about the 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 ontological obligation we can say. Yeah, like that it doesn't
0: follow necessarily.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say so. That's that's why I, I'm I'm curious, mm. you know, uh from the perspective. But it is it is true that there is like that there is this pool, I see it too. And when you're young, I think when you're younger, I think that is that is natural, I guess, right? Uh, so I did I do have a question for you. Um do you think so, we talk about friendship, you know, we said that it needs to be balanced, at least there to be the possibility of balance there, that it needs to be transitory maybe, you know, there needs to be the possibility of getting out of the relationship without, uh, you know, your will and so on. But then, I'm sure you have encountered in your life maybe, uh, of your experience maybe in your life, this concept of false friend. Right? How can there be such thing as a false friend? What does that really mean?
0: Can I ask a question? Sure. When you say false friend, a couple things come to mind. And what you're mentioning could be any of them. So one of the possibilities is someone who you pretend is your friend. Mm-hmm. but isn't really your friend. And the way the reason you pretend is either because you want something out of them or because it's just like small talk to keep the peace or whatever, to not be confrontational. Mm-hmm. Um, another possibility for what a false friend is, is someone who you thought was your friend. But then something happens at some point that reveals you weren't ever actually friends because a friend would never do this thing that this person did. Um, these are two things that come to mind. Uh, are, are either of those kind of what you mean?
1: Uh, I, w- I didn't mean the first one for sure, right? So I mean, let's put yourself let's put yourself in a situation where you are friend with somebody
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then something happens and you either realize or maybe both of you realize that you were never friends to begin with or maybe hmm. you were friends and something happened. And I'm not thinking necessarily that there needs to be a willingness there, right? I'm not thinking of the fact that somebody is, you know, pretending or that someone is uh taking advantage of the other. Are there a situation where, you know, you realize that that wasn't really a friend, right? That was more of a more of a, more of a flirt, we could say, with somebody than than being a friend.
0: Yeah, I see. I see a parallel between this conversation and and the conversation you would see in a movie or in life between uh, people in a romantic relationship. You never really loved me, mm-hmm. right? So it's mm-hmm. like you go through time believing you have right, both be- actually believing mm-hmm. that you have this friendship, and then something happens which leads one or both of the parties involved to think or realize Mm -hmm. that, wait, I just thought we were friends, but the friendship was only ostensible. Really, it was something else that looked like friendship, but when we really got down to the nitty-gritty, it was just like a facade. Mm -hmm. Um, And... When I think of these situations, if I were to try and speculate about, like, what is happening um, in terms of the relationship dynamics, I think that in a lot of these situations, what happens is when the quote-unquote friendship is there, which is also in quotes, it's happening within a specific context okay. a specific world or okay. a set of parameters mm-hmm. where where there's kind of um, a range of thing of types of things that happen mm-hmm. and within that range of things you guys work okay and and may even work really well okay and then what'll happen is an event which upsets that normal range of things that happen. Mm. So now something completely outside of that world is the situation you find yourself in. And since that's totally novel, you you don't... Like, you don't know if your friend's in that context, right? Because that never happened to you. So it seems okay. like novel situations, oftentimes difficult novel situations, are the things that test whether there really is a friendship there. And I think what happens, like I say, I think, I'm going to say I know from experience, is you see... Someone in a difficult situation behaving in ways that shatter your expectations that go outside what you believed the friendship to be. And when you see that, you're like, oh, so we weren't really friends. We just happened to work within this this range of things. You weren't really alike. Exactly. And and or, or or there was a convenience there within some specific set of parameters and once we really get tested to see if we're friends in a more absolute sense the thing disappears i mean an analogy would be like the person who seems like a good person and then and then they sell you out right or or the the yeah. person who seems like your friend and then and then when you're in the situation where they have to protect you they don't you're like, oh, so you don't you're not actually courageous. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it yes. se- it seems like those difficult situations are the ones that test whether the thing is really there. And oftentimes in these situations that you call false friendships, um it is those difficult situations that reveals the the false friendships, so, quote unquote. Whatever that means. So
1: maybe, you know, somebody's a false friend not so much because they kind of because they took advantage of you as we were saying they could be like genuinely acting the way they're being acting generally feeling the way they're feeling within the frame that you described right and then when the frame yes. goes out then that person doesn't fit the mold that we've built from them for them so it's more a matter of, a matter of not living up to the expectation that we have established rather than Something that's missing in the other person, right? Yeah, it's like the
0: system has been upset.
1: Or reset it, even better.
0: Or reset. And and you could say that this is a false friendship. Another way you could say it is you had a friendship and you no longer had a friendship.
1: Because all of a sudden you discovered that this person doesn't meet your expectation when it comes to important things for you
0: and another and even another way of saying this is that you have still have a friendship but less of a friendship. And so mm. which one of these it is depends on whether you think a a friendship is the there's a couple things. The willingness to adopt the name Like, are we in a friendship just like kind of in a purely Mm -hmm. like nomenclature or like codification sense? Or if the friendship is not merely the willingness to adopt the title, but is instead the intrinsic relational properties independent of the name, right? Because like that's going to determine which of those categories
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I I would say I think it falls yeah. into yeah no, no
1: no I'm thinking yeah I I think you're right and I am I'm also thinking that if that is the case right if this is the way things do work probably the term false friendship doesn't apply to these things really false friendship is should be used just for the situation where really somebody's taking advantage of you or taking advantage of somebody or you're taking advantage or you're doing things out of convenience right. Maybe that is, as you said before, it is just this this change between you know friendship that was there and then friendship is not there anymore. Uh, I don't know about the less fr- being less friend with someone, because I don't. So you think it's a scale?
0: I think it's a, it's a legitimate possibility someone might argue for, and if I were to hear it. I, I wouldn't think it was immediately crazy. Mm. That's all. Like okay. like prima facie, sure, maybe.
1: So I because I, I'm thinking like, okay, what's the demarcation point there, though? When That's
0: a good question. I mean, I, I think just to just to give us a starting point, yeah. Like a like a a case someone might make again. Not saying that I totally agree with this, but someone would probably say, of course, it's a scale, and of course, you think it's a scale because you can. Make a distinction between your best friends and those who are not your best friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you, we can go with the classic: somebody who's somebody that I just barely know and is we're friendly with.
0: Like, think of your daughter, right? Like, your daughter has some people that are friends one day and not the next day. But does she have people that are
1: staples? I yeah, I think uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. But if in that case... So let's assume that this is true. Let's assume that there are, like, there's a scale. It's the maximum level best friend or is the maximum level the person that you are in love with?
0: What a great question.
1: Because if the person you're in love with is the maximum scale of friendship... Mm. Then love is a particular kind of friendship.
0: Yeah, it depends on whether the love and friendship are the same type of thing uh distinguished only by a difference in scale and intensity such that, maybe? An intensity such that love is just more on the friendship scale mm-hmm. or not the friendship scale but whatever it is that guides that scale mm-hmm. and friendship is less on that. Mhm. Um which is one possibility or there it's like no there is a difference in type and, and they're on different scales i mean the question now is is a romantic relationship the same thing as friendship plus something else sexual intimacy or a different level of emotional or intimacy? More,
1: more vulnerability or whatever we're going to call it is that a special yeah. friendship?
0: I don't know. This is. I mean, okay. So this is. This gets us into a concrete issue, which is like, what is it in friendship relationships that makes it different from other types of relationships? Because if we can identify some of these, which mm-hmm. we have already, like uh, for example, the voluntary nature, the the tran- um, the transitive, mm-hmm. not transitive, transitory, let's transient, say transient, yeah, transient, transient mm-hmm. uh, nature of it. Are there other things? And are all the things that identify it basically all there in a romantic relationship, or is there, there differences? I mean, mm-hmm. do you think of other things when you think of components of friendships?
1: Um, let me think. Well, again, the voluntary nature, the fact that it's not established once and for all, uh, the fact that sometimes you can make a mistake, you think you were a friend with somebody, you were not. Um. The fact that in friendship you, quote-unquote, wish the best for the person you're friend with. You don't want anything negative or bad happening to that person ever, right? But at the same time, you feel close enough to reproach the person if that's the case, right? You can have a relationship that. That where you can tell the person if that person is doing something wrong and even if that person gets hurt, you'll tell them. But at the same time, you do that because you want to kind of avoid for them to, to get hurt in a more significant way.
0: So, so far, are all those still involved in romantic relationships?
1: Uh, I would assume so right now. Okay. Here's
0: do, a question.
1: I was thinking Aristotle, but go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, why do we do things in friendships? Like, why have the friendship? Why does each party will to be in the friendship?
1: Well, there are multiple, we can call it, uh, interpretation when it comes to this. Some people, you know, maybe if you are a, are a core materialist, uh, or somebody that takes, like, the evolutionary theory a little bit, the theory of evolution literally will tell you, well, that is the reason I'm investing in this friendship, because there's a convenience. I'm getting something out of it. It's almost an economic exchange that I have with that person. It could, be, could involve power, meaning that, you know, maybe I know that by myself I cannot do this, but if there's a group of us, then we can do it, Right.
0: And that, by the way, I think that explanation would account for those situations where you realize you weren't actually friends. Because for one person, you, that person believed that the friendship transcended the specific set of parameters. Mm-hmm. Whereas for the other person, it only existed because of the quote-unquote economic benefit within those parameters. And as soon as you change the context... I no longer, quote-unquote, get the same thing out of it, and so it disappears.
1: But I I think that people that will claim that, they will say that maybe we don't know this on a a rational level, on a conscious level, but unconsciously all our friendship, relationships are made that way. And even the example that you made before, right? All of a sudden, you don't protect me, so you're not courageous, so why am I even with you, right? Why Mm -hmm. am I even friend with you if that's not the case? Not that I believe that that's the, the right explanation, but I think that one could argue that. That's one of the reasons why you're friend with somebody. Another thing could be just, you know, another need, the need for companionship that we seem to have. We are, Aristotle would say we're social animals, right? So we need friendship in order to live the good life. Uh, so that's another almost biological need. Um, then there are sometimes you again, if we could dig it, getting a little bit more abstract you're from with somebody because either you see that somebody completes you or you can see yourself in them right It's a mirror or com- somebody completely different. Those are other reasons why and we like to either to see yourself or you know to, to kind of see uh, in somebody else what we cannot do and we, we, we like that. That's what I can think of right now, at least.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's some fundamental categories we can kind of organize all those things into. And I'm wondering if, which is a very moderate answer, which I think is probably the right answer, that some of these things uh, have to do with, let's say, the other person. Like in a, in a, I don't want to say an altruistic sense, but something like that. Yeah. Whereas some of the aspects really do just point back towards yourself in an egoistic sense, and that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Not that. But it seems like in a friendship, there's a mixture of because of you and mm-hmm. also because of me. And yeah. And when they end or when they begin, something happens in one or or both of those categories.
1: And that, I think that maybe in order to answer the question you asked originally, we need to trace back how our friendships actually start. How do they begin, right?
0: That's a good question.
1: When, how does it happen? Can we think of practical things, right? How do, how, how do you become friend with your, I don't know, with somebody, with your friend that you went to visit in Pittsburgh not that long ago? How do you oh, think, sage. Yeah, how do you become friend with him?
0: Sure. So Sage was in Claire's rhetoric program
1: at uh, at Carnegie Mellon. So is Sage Claire's friend?
0: This is. I mean, he's both of our friends, but we always have this like funny argument with each other. Where like, was he more your friend or is he more your friend? Um, but Claire knew him first. That's mm. for sure. And the rhetoric program was like super small, like like I don't know, like six people. Something very small. And uh, in that case, the friendship started because of a couple things. Number one, common shared spaces. Okay. In the everyday sense.
1: So you're literally habit.
0: You're you're inhabiting, right. your, Your habitat is the same. Number two, shared interests. In some sense, like in a non-arbitrary
1: sense. Like commonalities?
0: Like you're both in this same program mm-hmm. and there's only like six of you. So clearly <laughs> there must be something binding you guys together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, number three, the way that person acts or the way that person behaves mm. in social situations. So you see their personality.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: These are the first three things that come to mind. Habitat, interests, and some kind of either admiration or attraction or or intriguement with so, their behavior.
1: That's called a liking of their behavior, right? Just yeah. just like the way they behave. So this is the way friendships do start.
0: I mean, is, does that seem to be common in all of them. Most. I don't know, probably most, right? Because someone would immediately push back against us and say, "Well, what about friendships of like in a chat room? <laughs> like I don't share the same space with that person." He's shaking his head if those of you can't see. And the pushback against that would be either well, they're not really your friend, or B, you share a digital space in a in a metaphorical sense. But yeah. For the most part, I think these seem to be pretty basic. Do you agree?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. And actually thinking of the example you just made, right? We have to, eventually we'll need to talk about this, right? Can you be friend virtually with somebody? Is it possible, right? Um, So my son has a lot of friends that that he has never met.
0: Because video games, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those things that you were mentioning, they're all there. Common interest, there's people that have personas, you know, and ways of acting within that context that other people like or don't like. They share a space together. Is virtual, is metaphorical, but it's still the same. So, if those characteristics are kind of the foundation of friendship, it seems that you can be friends with somebody even if you've never met him.
0: Hmm. Um, a couple more that I just thought of: shared values. Okay. You you have some sense of like things that you find important. Not not just interests, but but things that have deep meaning or significance to you in the sense of like I'm orienting my life around these things. These are the things I act for the sake of. Mm-hmm. These are the things that I consider violations. Um these are the, the 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 things that I want to surround myself with. So kind of like well, uh, centers of commitment, you might say. So,
1: so, as long as you and as long as by that you mean a specific area, let's call it, of life that we deem important versus the specific way I deem that thing important, I would agree with you. Um, uh, an ex oh, silly example, right? Me and you, uh, but law, philosophy, right? So this seems to be one of the... And we think it's important, right? It's not just uh, something that it's just, uh, you know, an interest. It's something a little bit more, right? We value these things that we call the truth, for example, right? Uh, if, we, if we want to to simplify, you know, the the, the philosophical stuff. However... We can still be friends if you believe that Usserl is the way in which you get this, and I believe that um, Nietzsche is the way in which we get there. And even if I say, if I think that, which is not the case, that Usserl is a moron, and you think that Nietzsche is crazy, you know, still, we can still be friends because we still value philosophy. We just value things in different ways, different things within it.
0: Agreed. So the, the way I would I would make the criteria more specific is to say sharing of fundamental values, not a sharing of the modes or the methods or the subcategories of value, but the value itself. So, for example, that shared, how would we say, I think there's a couple of things, um, the shared belief in, for example, this thing called reality and this thing called truth. And the pursuit of it, and things like we don't think it's okay to violently you know, do things to people for the sake of the things that we believe in, we both believe in the importance of family per se like there's fundamental things that I think mm-hmm. uh, are shared in friendship, because at some point, there does have to be practically i mean not have to be as in I'm saying it, but more like there's going to be mm-hmm. some kind of complication that makes the possibility of friendship difficult or impossible when there's something crazy like if i f- okay if you suddenly found out that every day before the podcast i tortured like a bunch of baby puppies as opposed to adult puppies baby puppies in my basement or if you found out that i suddenly was like secretly a serial torturer and killer
1: of beads.
0: that one we know right (laughs) but of people of humans you something would happen where you'd be like okay in theory could i still talk to him like nothing happened yes Mm -hmm. but that reveals a non- Arbitrary fundamental dispute about values sure, and this dispute makes the friendship maybe more unlikely if not impossible that's that's kind of what i mean
1: no i think I think I know what you what you mean I was just trying to to leave room for even what we call fundamental differences right uh because if this distinction that you're making is uh how can we say it's very strong? If the, if this if the this demarcation is like really really deep, then I think that we end up being in trouble. Because I'm thinking, uh, what about people that have completely different political views? Is it possible for them to be friends? I believe it is. I believe it's possible, but maybe there is just like certain things that we disagree upon or certain things that we both believe that, I don't know, the economy is important when it comes to to, to politics, right? Mm. But you might be a socialist and I might be uh, a capitalist and we can still be friends, right?
0: Yeah. I think I, more than most people think that's possible. Uh, my response would be, but it depends where on the value hierarchy the dispute is because if the reason for our difference is oh we both just want what's best and we have a disagreement about it and no one wants to force anyone to do anything Mm -hmm. like that's one thing Mm -hmm. but if there's like a deep ethical or metaphysical split that could right like if you're like okay I'll give a, uh, an example. Let's say you happen to be in support of genocide. Okay. <laughs> Not of centipedes, but of, you know, let's say the people you would call fake Italians. Okay. So, so soprano Italians like myself, right? Okay. Like the, the okay. New Jersey people. Uh, and you believe that these people should be <laughs> eradicated and that even if we want to do something, if we don't want to bother you, mm-hmm. that you believe, well, well, no, you have to do the things I want you to do. And, and if you don't, we're just going to force you to do that, right? Okay. And send state agency to your home. Like if you believed that, I think it would be quite difficult <laughs> for us to be friends
1: well, because um, you're part of the category that I want to exterminate in that example, right?
0: Yes. And so I think the only reason <laughs> I'm bringing this up is because like, there are fundamental splits in values that may not be exactly that, okay. but do approach that.
1: So let's make an example. I'm making another example. Sure. Can a, can a person that does not believe in God be friend with somebody who's Christian? Because that's Ooh. a big
0: yeah.
1: disagreement, right? That's a big, big difference in values. Is that possible?
0: Good question. I think yes. And I think it's because the belief in God is maybe not the fundamental thing. Mm. The fundamental thing is like the things that come along with God. Like that the Christian, person
1: Christian morality rather than just Christianity. Uh,
0: yeah, something like, you know, whatever the virtues of Christian, like if the person's like, no, I think you could have those virtues as, a, as an atheist, then yeah, those people could be friends.
1: So let me ask another question. Let's assume you find out that somebody uh, let's start let's start with this. Somebody is steals stuff, is a thief. Can you be friend with them? Good question. Would you be friend with somebody who's a thief?
0: I mean if I found out that someone let's say like- Sage
1: is a thief. I
0: should tell him to listen to it. I mean, if he—it's it, a right. If he steals, like, oh, I went to the grocery store and I bought five apples on paper, but no, I no, snuck no, no. a sixth Seriously apple stealing. on paper. Oh, like, like robbery,
1: like uh, Reservoir Dogs, kind of. <laughs> um, like let's, he's just. Let's say he's Mister Pink. He's Mister Pink.
0: Um. I think this is a very weird because you see depictions of this type of stuff all the time in art. Mm-hmm. Like, just to kind of what's that? What's that word? Kind of like to step aside and kind of look at this from another perspective for a second. We're we've been watching a lot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> okay. All right, we're on season seven. God. And uh, it's the last season, and the show. Is not as good as it used to be. However, we're committed to it. Yeah, you got and it. And you see a lot of this stuff happening on Buffy, with like her being in relationships with vampires, mm-hmm. and and not just ones that are quote unquote good, but ones that have done super terrible things. Mm-hmm. But we still can have. <laughs> Like a psychological connection, a sexual relationship, some kind of weird frenemy relationship. You can help me sometimes. And it's like, huh, well, that's certainly weird. Mm -hmm. Where on the one hand, you've murdered all these people, but I let you into my house. And I think this is just like a a very literal extreme example of of the kind of question Mm -hmm. you're asking. Or, you know, in... In novels where there's people who are opposites mm-hmm. in terms of really fundamental things, or or governmental positions being attracted to one another, mm-hmm. uh, you can certainly have a connection with the person. I guess the questions are: one, is that connection a friendship? And two, should you have that thing? And the should is very. Annoying, like it always is, mm-hmm. because the should implies that there can be the thing in the first place. But, I mean, could I be friends with someone who robs banks and holds people up at gunpoint? You know, I I think this, this goes you, back to the... And if, you,
1: and if you know, would you report that person?
0: And would that reveal that I'm not friends with the person because I'm not loyal to them or would it reveal that I am friends with them because I care about them and want mm-hmm. the truth to come out and want mm-hmm. them to get better. I think again this depends on that question we asked previously about whether the friendship is the willingness to codify the name mm-hmm. or whether it's could you literally have this like touching of souls so to speak. And the loyalty I, I don't part know the is, answer.
1: The loyalty part is important, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean and it also depends on Maybe it doesn't depend on, but something that would make the question even harder is whether you met them as the bank robber or you knew them as not that first and then learned that they were discovered, or so, they became it later on.
1: Yeah. So let's assume, again, let's assume, and I know it's a lot of hypotheticals here, right? No, but uh, it's
0: it's good. It's good.
1: Uh, let's assume that this person is somebody that you're really, really good friend with and at the same time… You, at this point, you know, you are in this friendship relationship. I, I'll i be honest. I don't know if I could. Like, is it possible to detach the two things, right? The ethical behavior that somebody has with uh, the person has all the characteristics you look for, all the characteristics. You know, it's like, yes, he commits robberies and holds people at gunpoint. But after all. That person is a good person and a good friend, from your perspective and and maybe we can talk about this in the in the next episode, yeah, would anything change if instead of be your friend it's somebody you love?
0: yeah, I mean probably you shouldn't be
1: mm-hmm
0: right, probably there shouldn't be the willingness. To be involved with this person or, or to codify the thing. But does that, in me saying that, does that reveal that I believe you could, in theory, be friends with this person? And maybe the answer is yes, if the differences in values...
1: I mean, does that reveal something about you, that you don't care much for robberies?
0: No, no, no. I, th- I think what I'm going to say is if the split in values... So the split in values. If there's an on-paper contradiction involved, right, where this person's like, all New Jersey Italians should die. Okay. <laughs> Anthony is New Jersey Italian, therefore he should die. But I'm going to be friends with him hmm. and don't think he should die. Like, I wonder if the possibility of friendship is less about... Well, okay, here's something. If friendship means the compatibility of the intrinsic stuff between you, then it seems like the, the value thing is less important than an abstraction, than whether they're acting on it in the particular case with you. Whereas if friendship is the accepting the name the should then it is less about that and more just about whether you accept that thing right
1: yeah 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 i think you're right there (sighs) i don't know so ultimately if sage was mr pink would you be friend with him
0: mr pink was if he was mr blonde maybe because he's cooler but not uh, Mr. Pink, right? Because of C. Buscemi? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Which one is Michael Madsen? Mr. Blonde. That's the one that cuts the the the, the year. Oh, yeah.
0: And how cool is it? You love Michael Madsen. Of course. Of course. He has, you're going to bark all day, actors. little doggy. You're going to bite.
1: <laughs> exactly. This seems so iconic, by the way. Um, the Absolutely. dancing.
0: Stuck in the middle. That's where I feel like in this conversation right now.
1: (laughs) But I I think also... So, what if Claire was the robber? Would that that make a difference?
0: It's the law and order (laughs) sounds. So maybe we could pause there and then in the second part kind of try to end the conversation on friendship if we can. And if we can transition to a thing about love. And if not... Maybe I, admit I, defeat on friendship and just fig, figure, keep doing friendship and do love in another one. I don't, I don't know.
1: Oh uh, well, I guess we'll see. I think another solution would be like cut the friendship stuff here and then start with love. And
0: round and well, round we go. Where yes. do we stop, nobody knows.
1: <laughs> All right, see you later.
0: See ya.